0: Planet Earth, Michael Litton, the last DJ, host of Ride the Vibe, broadcasting from the super cool studio DRSATL right here in Roswell, Georgia. The owner, Waheed Gomes, my friend, and executive producer of the show, sound engineer extraordinaire, and just totally fired up and stoked to have in the studio Mike Martin, Mike's foundations in classical metal, Jazz, folk, rock, and world music, oh my gosh, have allowed him to dedicate his career to versatility. Yeah, I'll say, and a culture with the highest respect for art by any means necessary. Perhaps he is best described in the following way Art with a purpose is a force to be reckoned with. I love it. Mike, welcome.
1: Thank you. Thank you for having me. Oh
0: my gosh, such a pleasure. It's such a, a- pleasure to be here. And for your fans who are Legion, over your career, and, and you're a local boy too, right? Yes. I mean, local now, but uh, for your fans that are Legion, the way we roll ride the vibe is we do what I like to call an old-fashioned album <laughs> back in the day, listening party, right? Where you, you take the albums and stack them, on a, on a turntable, one of those things.
1: And you rub the two sticks together yeah. and then the hamster goes yeah, and then and, the little fire the, starts. And the, and the thing goes around. <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> they were not 78s, but they were albums. And we would, you know, we would just let the music play and it just a wide variety and diverse, et cetera. So I like to encourage listeners to sit back in a comfortable environment of their choosing, not on a float on a raft right now, a little too cold and rainy. It's chilly. Yeah, a little too chilly and get a beverage of their choice. And then enjoy this great music that we're going to play. And we're going to play just a couple minutes of most of the songs. And then uh, because we want to want listeners to go out and buy the music, because y'all, it's tough for these musicians now. They're not gigging as much. And so it really helps them if you go buy it from their website. And uh, that website, Mike, is.
1: Uh, MikeMartin.net, which is currently under reassemblage. Yeah. Um, but uh you can find me also at all social media, yeah. Mike205 Martin, whatever, whether it's Instagram, Facebook, YouTube. Perfect. And that and when the when
0: the website gets back up and running, they can buy the actual music yes, absolutely. from there, which is perfect. So we are blessed because of the connection of of your sister. Yes. Who is working for a new company called Cathead Distilleries mm-hmm. out of Jackson, Mississippi? We are featuring some of their delicious, I am at least featuring some of their delicious vodka. And you are featuring some of their bourbon yes. uh, called Old Soul. I love it. So it's very good. Cheers to uh, Sarah.
1: Cheers. Thank you, Sarah.
0: And Thanks the uh, folks at Cathead for being so generous. And just a little, uh, their little tagline Sip of the South. Mississippi repealed Prohibition in 1966, the last state to do so. And 44 years later, lifelong friends and blues fans, how cool is that, founded Cathead Distilleries. And Cathead is proud to be the first and oldest distillery in the state of Mississippi and a big uh, proponent of music. Yes. And in fact, I think on one of the bottles, they uh, they say something about that. Yeah, right on the,
1: the Cathead Vodka label, it says support live music
0: which I, I think it.
1: is uh, fantastic.
0: Yeah, that is unbelievable. Well, as Neil Young said so brilliantly, uh, live music is best. <laughs> and succinctly. So, and I think we ought to, speaking of music, Mike, if you're amenable, we want to play, uh, play your latest release uh, wherever you are, and then we'll come back and, and we'll talk about it. Sounds like How's a plan. that sound? Why, could we cue that up, if you would? <laughs> What a cool song. Wherever You Are by Mike Martin. And we are enjoying in the studio some Cathead uh distilleries. Um, well, I'm, in my case, I'm enjoying some vodka. And Mike Martin is enjoying some Old Soul uh, whiskey, bourbon. I, whiskey or bourbon? I'm not...
1: Uh, 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 let me see. I, I, I believe both. is. It is a bourbon whiskey. Bourbon whiskey, yeah. It's a blended straight bourbon whiskey.
0: I love it. And Wahid is enjoying it. And Wahid has commented... Uh, while the song was playing, that that was some great stuff. So we appreciate Sarah and all the folks uh, at Cathead, because how cool is it? They support music, and they're supporting ride the Vibe, and uh, it's all great. So talk about that uh, release, Mike.
1: Well, uh, that is the last single that I put out. Um, It's been a few years now. Um, I had basically had been kind of stumbling around, like when I released my, my one full record, two of five. Yeah. Um, and we're going to play some songs of that. Um, I put that out independently, and a few years later in, in 2010, Steve Vai, um, who owns his own record label called Favored Nations, uh, dev- was developing a new uh, offshoot of that label called Digital Nations. Um, and I was one of the first artists that got signed to that label, and it was wow. all new digital distribution yeah. um, that he was working with. Um, so I did a re-release in 2010 for that, um, and uh, that led to some opportunities. Um, in particular, I was working with another band called Agent Cooper for a little bit on a release with them. Okay. Um, and as we were looking for a touring opportunity, our booking agent in London was also booking a tour for Tony McAlpine, who is an incredible guitar virtuoso, who had played guitar with Steve Vai and his band years before. And his manager at the time, Michael Mesker, wow. had been Vai's personal assistant back in the day. So there was a, a familiarity of of me in in the Vai camp yeah. uh, and everything. And, and I had opened for Steve before um, in Atlanta at center stage. So they thought it would be a good matchup for, yeah, good for us for the tour. Sure. Um, in hoping that maybe we get favorite Nations as the label to do a little more promotion for the tour and yeah. so on and so forth to yeah. get some bodies into the venues. Yeah. Um, so in any case, I did that with the anticipation of releasing a record on Vi's label. But while I was working with this other band, we got caught up in doing a bunch of stuff with all that. Yeah. Um, and a few years later, the record came out with not as much hoopla as I think any of us would have preferred. Um, and mm-hmm. right about that time, Steve had decided that that label and the the business model that he was going for just wasn't going to work. So he mm-hmm. decided to fold all of that stuff. Mm-hmm. So my grand opportunity yeah. on, on another label <laughs> yeah. uh, had had fallen away. Um, right about that time, I ended up joining another band called The Dreaded Marco, which is another band based out of here in Atlanta.
0: Yeah,
1: um, And we worked on a record, put that out. So in the middle of doing all of that stuff, working with other bands, I did manage to put out one Christmas single, um, O Come, O Come, Emmanuel, yeah. and um, this song a few years later. Sort of as a precursor of like, how am I going to be releasing music? Because yeah. there's, there's a few different philosophies nowadays. Amen. Um, and they, oh, you, you must have read my notes, because that's one of the questions <laughs> I want
0: to ask, because it's, it's a big one. Yeah, it's like some album, people, single, EPs. You know, how, EP, how do you do it? What do you do?
1: You know, I I think there's 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 a lot of wisdom for doing things as EPs and singles now. Yeah, right. Um, that's how people are buying them. Yeah, and well, at that and if you put out a record, you know, in this short attention span of social media that we live in, sadly, um, you've got about two weeks of everybody's right. attention. And then everybody's like, "Well, when's the next thing coming out?" Yeah, and you just blew you know six to twelve months of work yeah. on this full album. Yeah. So if you don't have a full tour, going on after it, which is very hard for independent artists to be able to afford to do. Yes. You're just kind of left going, well, I'm just going to keep pushing this one thing where you could do an album's worth of music and then just release a single a month. Yeah. You know, and then you actually get 10 months worth of promotion of of material. So there's good wisdom in that. Yeah. Um, And other other friends of mine, like uh, Angel Vivaldi is a very good friend of mine, instrumental guitar player. Mm -hmm. Um, He has released shorter albums and EPs over the course of his career. And he's done really great business with that, yeah. not doing full long length albums. You know, he'll do an EP of, you know, five to six tracks and that gives him plenty to work with. And, and you know, it's, it's kind of cool in the instrumental guitar world that it's, it's kind of art music. Right. It's kind of niche. Yeah. So you can kind of do some things that you want because um, I, I think the the consumers of this kind of music are open to that because sure. they listen to everything. You right. know, they listen to Pink Floyd, they listen to Zeppelin, right. they listen to not Metallica. In one niche, yeah. Yeah, which is really nice. So yeah. when I did w- Wherever You Are, that was sort of an idea of let me get something out before I start working on an album just to whet the appetite of... So to speak. Okay, I've been working for these other bands for a while. Let's yeah. just make sure it's my name because now it's it had been a while since I had released anything. Yeah um and then i went to work on a a grand album idea that i had that uh ultimately culminated in what will be the the drive album ah. and it's it's 20 tracks of Whoa. programmatic music yeah it's over 2 hours long so it's it's basically a concept record wow um you know harkening back to the yeah, throw tall. He, yeah, he, he, and like he, Ian Anderson. I, I kind of got inspired by Stephen Wilson of Porcupine Tree. Like he had put out a couple of records that, like uh The Raven That Reviews to Sing that was really great. Yeah. That was uh, not exactly programmatic, but it was thematic. It mm-hmm. was a bit more of a concept kind of thing that all hung together.
0: Yeah.
1: Um And th- just that feeling of you could be artistic mm-hmm. and it doesn't have to just be consumer music. Right. You know, I, I think... Especially in a niche genre like instrumental guitar music, trying to be too commercial comes off a little flat. Right. And I think a lot of us, myself included, maybe err on the side of wanting to be a little bit more like Joe Satriani, Mm -hmm. because he's probably the most successful of anybody who's ever made an instrumental rock record. Right. And he has a great pop sensibility in everything that he does, but he also has a great Art sensibility, yeah. everything he does too. So it's a
0: combination, which is can be rare. Yeah, I mean the creative is not necessarily strong on the business side, etc. Yeah, because on stereotype. the other side,
1: like is you know the Steve Vai's, where right. Steve has had a tremendous amount of commercial success as well. But if you listen to a Steve Vai record, it's much more art music than maybe a traditional Joe Satriani. Mm-hmm. Not that not that Steve doesn't have things that are accessible to your. Your average guitar music yeah. enthusiast, yeah. but you know uh, the joke pretty much is if there's a girl at a at an instrumental guitar concert, like she came with her boyfriend, most <laughs> likely, um, or she's a guitar player too. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> not a groupie necessarily. <laughs> yeah, the, it, it's it's a select it's a audience <laughs> for sure.
0: Well, I love it. Well, you teed it up nicely. I'd love to to uh, hear if we could, Wahid, two of five, which was the is the title track of Mike Martin's Two of Five. Release, album release. Yes. Uh, and then we're going to play uh, three songs off that uh, album. But only a couple minutes, y'all, because we want you to go out and buy that uh, CD, album, however you get it. But support local music, would you? Please. Self titled Mike Martin to a five release of that song. And Mike, talk about um, what, it, what it's like to literally begin your life on stage.
1: <laughs> you know, I don't remember so many of those moments. <laughs> I'm sure um, you don't.
0: But I mean, and the reason for that is, of course, because your mom.
1: My mom was, is a classical singer. She was an opera singer when she was young. So when she was in college, she was studying and performing. Um, while she was taking care of my older brother and pregnant with me, which is crazy. But, you
0: know. Do you espouse to the, you know, there's a lot of um, theory, and I think some of it validated that, you know, playing music for your child or reading to your child when they're in, in the womb is... Absolutely. It it, it transcends. To, Absolutely. To the, I mean,
1: As a matter of fact, there's... You
0: seem, seem to be a classic <laughs> example of that. Because, I mean, you're... You're playing. You're learning violin at four. You're singing in the choir through all elementary school. At nine, you start playing piano, and then a year later, you're teaching yourself guitar by ear. Yes. So clearly, there was DNA and
1: environmental. I would. Yeah, think. It, environmental is is probably the biggest factor. You know, if you grow up in a in a household where everybody plays sports, you just play sports, and you right. don't really you don't really know what the rest of the world is doing until yeah. you get out into the rest of the world. So. Yeah. You know, this is just what we did. Right. You know, this was my mother's profession. So as she's carrying around us kids to all of her work, you know, choir master, whatever yeah. church we were at, you know, that's, I probably still have church in reserve from all of the, you know, contiguous weekends and weeknights of at, doing that at the right. church.
0: <laughs> yeah. And then choir and all through elementary. Now you, uh, you have a sister, Sarah, mm-hmm. who's with Cathead Distilleries. Thank you, Cathead and Sarah and the boss. The boss man who delivered the product to, yes. to your
1: apartment to, today. Yes, thank you, Ross for, Ross, for being so generous.
0: I love it, Ross, and, and the owners for supporting music. So, and then you have a brother, I, I just heard you mention. Yes. Are they all musical as...
1: Everybody is... What's funny is everybody's musical, and like the two of five thing, I am the second of five kids, so yeah. that's kind of the thing. So I have an older brother, John, I'm the second, yeah. my younger sister, Sarah, and then we have a younger brother, Danny, and a youngest sister, Katie. Wow. Um, And all... Me, all musical, but everybody's, everybody's musical. I would dare to say that everybody is, everybody else is A, more talented than I am. Whoa. And B, more intelligent than I am. The only, I'm the only <laughs> professional musician. And, because you're, I'm and the, you're
0: saying that genuinely, not uh, just being
1: genuinely modest. Genuinely. Whoa. I, I'm just the one who's dumb enough to try to do this for a living.
0: That's that's the only... Hence that they're, the, the, they're all smarter than you. Yeah,
1: they, they went off and got proper educations and, and real jobs. And...
0: Well, you're being modest because I know you got a proper education. I've, I've read the bio. <laughs> I mean, more than proper. But wow, then two of five and then also a take off your big... Um, as I read... Uh, Star, Star Trek Star Man. Trek Yeah, Man. so seven of nine uh, being yeah.
1: the character on Voyager.
0: Yeah. yeah. What a great, uh, what a great song though! That uh, I love that. So how you kind of begs the question. You got all, you know, you're playing piano, you're learning violin at four, you pick up guitar by ear. How did you gravitate to guitar over the others, or did you, or do you you still very much?
1: It's just kind of a thing. It's it's a knowing when 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 you find that thing, and I think. Everybody has this. You just, you, you see a thing that exists in the world and it just resonates with you. And you're like, this is, this is my thing. Yeah. And like. And that was guitar for you as opposed to piano and violin. Yeah. Like from the moment I saw a guitar, I was just infatuated with the idea of whatever it was, you know, beyond what a cello or a violin was. There was something about the guitar in particular that if there was one in the room, I just wanted to look at it. I wanted to, I wanted to be involved with whatever it was. Yeah. And when I finally got to play one, um, the thing that immediately caught me was that with the piano, everything just seemed like it was out here. Mm-hmm. It was it was out in front of me, mm-hmm. and it wasn't connected to it. Yeah. There's something about the way that you bring a guitar in. You embrace it. You're you're holding it. You're yeah. It just seemed a lot more akin to my personality. It's it, like an extent. And any instrumentalist, it, it's got to become an extension yeah. of you. Yeah, and. That for me just, it seemed like the right thing immediately. And it wasn't like I could do it immediately or or anything like that. It's just that whatever it was about that led me to sit in a room and work at it Mm. until I could do a thing. Wow. And it didn't seem like work because it just, it was such a joy to get to do the thing. Right. And I still feel that way when I'm working on stuff.
0: Well, I want to I want to ask about your siblings and their uh you know their particular music um, instruments vocals etc. But I want to take a short break to support our sponsor in this case, who's DRS ATL, who is gracious enough to host this uh, this show. Thank you so much, Wahid. We'll be right back. Short break
2: provides professional audio
3: mixing and mastering services. They also provide other creative services, such as voiceover editing, audio restoration, and audio
1: forensics. They have great customer service, their work is fast and efficient, and their prices are affordable. You can learn more about their creative
3: services by visiting them on the web at drsatl.com Again, that's drsatl.com
1: or call them at 404-590-0779 again that's
3: 404-590-0779 drs
1: when the right sound matters
0: you're back on ride the vibe michael Litton, the last dj a shout out to the late great tom petty got rest his soul down way too early Playing what he wants to play, saying what he wants to say, and in this case, playing the great music of Mike Martin. And just before break, talking about Mike's uh, four siblings who are all musically inclined and, uh, according to him, much smarter and much better musically.
1: What um, what were their instruments or their or their choices in, in music? Everybody sings, um, and everybody sings phenomenally well. Um, I do not. I do sing, but I do not sing phenomenally well. Which is funny. My mom, who Opera singer. Yeah. Not only is she incredibly trained, but she also has a very unique contralto instrument. Wow. Um, and of contralto, she has a very fine instrument. Mm. So beyond being highly trained, she has a one-of-a-kind instrument. Wow. Um, which growing up with that, it's very special to hear her sing. Yeah. And unfortunately, I did not get that DNA. <laughs> I, I can sing, my pitch is good, and, yeah. and all of that business but there's nothing special about my voice when i, I open up my mouth unfortunately and and i think it's partly the reason i shy away from that because yeah. i wanted to be so much of a musician yeah. i was so disappointed
0: that, that you didn't, I didn't have that get as well that, yeah you know and um, all your so the, the siblings
1: sarah and all have voices like all, your mom not like my mom my mom is very very unique. special yeah. but uh, of I, I think my sister's oldest daughter probably has a voice more like wow. my mom. My youngest sister Katie probably does as yeah. well, more more so. Yeah. Um, but my niece Tiffany for sure has an incredible And instrument.
0: is pursuing that or or
1: um she went to an arts school yeah. um for high school and then she has been on track at uh, NYU to become a neurosurgeon. Oh. <laughs> So, again, smarter than yeah, everybody. Not to, yeah, not to... Oh,
0: yeah. Hmm, you're kind of a dumb bunny there, huh? Surgeon, <laughs> <laughs> wow. But not pursuing the music.
1: Um, no, she she does paint. Um, yeah. She's a very talented uh, artist, yeah. and she uh, she does sell art on commission. Wow. Living up in New York, which is fantastic. Yeah. Um, it's one of the ways that she's... I don't know if she's quite supporting herself in New York, yeah. you know, with commission sales, but... Like her art is fantastic and the fact that she's, you know, as young as she is and she's selling works is incredible. Yeah,
0: pretty amazing.
1: Wow. Well, I think this
0: that it sort of tees up Living the Good Life, which is another track off of Mike Martin, two of five. And let's cue that up if we could, Wahid. The good life. I love that, and we are living the good life here because we're taking a sip of the South, thanks to Ross and Sarah with Cathead Distilleries out of Jackson, Mississippi. So y'all ought to check uh, th- this product out because they support live music. So yes. how cool is that? So you can sit back in the comfort of an environment of your choosing, drink some Cathead stuff, either the Old Soul whiskey, bourbon, the vodka. They've got a, um, yeah, they've got a hoodoo. I'm not even sure what the heck that is. And then they've got a gin, but all uh, distilled there. And they're the oldest distillery in Mississippi. So really uh, dig that. So living the good life here in the studio, having just a fascinating conversation with Mike Martin, talking about his family and his roots and his, uh, you know, and you you have roots in South Carolina. Yes. Which is a, a special place. I mean, you were, you did some work with Tom uh, Yowder in Myrtle, Yoder, Yowder in Myrtle Beach, South Beach. Carolina. Yeah.
1: Um Talk I had about actually, that a little bit. I had actually grown up in in New England. Um my my family's of Portuguese descent, ah. um, which a lot of the early 20th century immigration from Portugal came to New Bedford, Massachusetts, where, wow. where famously Nuno Betancourt, his family, wow. uh, also immigrated from uh the Azores, where where my family is from, wow. um to New Bedford. So there's a really big Portuguese uh population. There's a yeah. big one in New Bedford and there's another one in in California as well, where a lot of a lot of Portuguese people immigrated. Um, but about halfway through high school, my parents had, had been divorced for some time. My mom had decided to move to Myrtle Beach um, for a time. And uh, I had gotten in some, you know, typical high school <laughs> trouble with my grades and ah, stuff. So yeah. I, I had uh, spent some time in Myrtle Beach to uh, basically just get out of my head and get my, my grades back together. And yeah. while I was there... I met Tom Yoder, who it, it was literally like going to Dagobah to study the Force wow. with Yoda. Yeah, um, he uh, just an incredible musician himself, um, an MI graduate, mm. um, one of the most incredible guitar players I've ever seen. Um, he just became just a tremendous influence and mentor to me in my my perfect time years. too. It
0: sounds like I mean you know, when the oh, students yeah. ready, the teacher will appear, and you were obviously ready.
1: Yeah, it was it was a really wonderful. Um, time in my life studying with Tom. And we've remained friends all of mm-hmm. these years uh, since then too, which is fantastic. And we've actually talked recently in the last probably year and a half about the idea of maybe even recording something a together, which would be fun. Yeah,
0: it seems like uh, k- karmatically that would that would work. And you were telling me uh, when we were when listening to that great song that uh, you got your first guitar. Your father was uh, generous enough to get that for you and taught you your first couple chords although he is not that musically inclined, but was no. he bought the guitar. and go, I'll let you pick it up.
1: Yeah, I mean, my parents had been divorced and my mom, obviously being the musician, I was very interested in the guitar and I think my mom, knowing that I was very interested in music, wanted to keep me much more on a serious classical track of I'm things. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and uh, not only did I want to learn the guitar, but I wanted to learn the electric guitar. Ah. Um, <laughs> Sacrilege. <laughs> so like my dad was already kind of fostering my interest in particular types of rock and roll records. Ah. Like I started collecting Kiss records ah, and Iron yeah. Maiden records. And and thanks to his, so those were favorites of his? No, as a matter of fact, those weren't necessarily his thing. Like, but yeah. his record collection, like he had uh, Abraxas by ah. Santana. He had sure. some Stones records and yeah. and... Uh, some Hendrix and and stuff like that. So yeah. he was a bit of a gateway into that psychedelic acid rock thing that that he was into.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, which was fantastic because then I could enjoy a Stones record or a Zeppelin record yeah. with my dad. As a matter of fact, one of my favorite records um in in the 80s, there was still a bit of discrepancy over like who owned um the Masters of Jimi Hendrix stuff. Yeah. And I don't remember who put it out, but there was a one of the first CDs We ever bought as a family was Hendrix at Winterland, Ah. and it's still one of my favorite collections of of live performances by Hendrix. And it was my dad that got that. And he
0: playing with the Experience. Was that that was the Experience? experience? Yeah,
1: like so good. Like he did a version of a tune called Tax Free. Um, I I forget who originally wrote that tune, but so good. Yeah, and it was the first time I heard his uh, instrumental version of Sunshine of Your Love by Cream. But like just. So good, <laughs> yeah. so good. And my dad had this really cool old Pioneer sound system yeah. that just—it was a pleasure <laughs> to listen to. Not, and not, was not, it was a CD, that, or, or you said it was CD a proper or, CD. It was like CD, one of the first CDs. Like yeah. he—I remember when we got our first CD player. It was yeah, this new alien technology. Yeah. In now, are house. you a purist, an album guy? I do love albums, but I—I I of course embrace digital technology too. I, I, right. I think it's—it's it's good if you let it be good, and it's bad. Right. Like I actually did some really cool listening. Experiments with that. Uh, my best friend in college is a, a musician uh, named Quentin Baxter.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, who uh, he's the producer and drummer for a group called Ranky Tanky. I just won a Grammy a year ago, which is wow, also crazy. And, like the whole band or or guys that I went to college with. So in college was I couldn't find the College about, of Charleston. Carl. Okay. Yeah. Um. Yeah. But we would get together, and he had a really decent sound system. So we would get vinyl. Yeah. And get the CD, and we would go back and forth, and ah. and. Listen, because he had some really nice electrostatic tower speakers Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, where you could really hear the quality of everything. Yeah. And uh, there is definitely some warmth that is involved with with vinyl. Mm -hmm, And mm -hmm. some of that I think you can attribute to mastering because of the physical limitations of what vinyl can actually reproduce. Like you can't have really extended bass, low frequencies... Or, you know, really extended high frequencies. Digital has kind of opened up both ends of that spectrum. Right. To where maybe nowadays mastering, some mastering engineers don't care so much about that. And they, they overhype that stuff. And yeah. makes things a little harsh to listen to to my ear. I, I think like when you focus on more of the lower mid-range to the high range like vinyl. Yeah. You get a bit more of that warmth where everything kind of sits nicely together. mm mm-hmm. Interesting. Do you have, uh,
0: is uh, two of five out on, available on an album?
1: Uh, no, but I, I always intended for it to be. Yeah. Um, and it's out of print even in CDs right now, but wow. hopefully with the next subsequent releases, that's something I would like to do yeah. is do a limited vinyl pressing of that.
0: I love it. Well, when you uh, do that, check out Mojo Vinyl. Okay. Ran Cabass in Roswell, who's selling vinyl. How cool is that? Well, I think we ought to uh, tee up the, la- or queue up the last song off of 205 that we're going to play, which is called Infection. So, Waheed, Waheed if we could. Oh, that's some good vodka. Thank you, uh, <laughs> Cat Head Distillery. Infection. Michael Litton, the last DJ. Thank you, Cathead Distilleries. <laughs> Saying what he wants to say and screwing it up too. And that's okay, because I'm the last DJ and I can. And in this case, having a fascinating conversation with Mike Martin on the show. And it wouldn't, uh, this show wouldn't be, a, it wouldn't be Ride the Vibe with Mike Martin if it wasn't for the amazing, the one and only Lucy Pillar with All Right Now Entertainment. And Lucy, I I Kiddingly say, but I think it's true. You, know, you got seven degrees of that Kevin Bacon guy. Well, forget all that. With Lucy Pillar, it's like one to two degrees of separation from every musician on the planet. Absolutely. And Mike, you were telling a cool story uh, in the run-up to the show about Lucy and you know your experience with her. If you if you'd share that, because it really is a testimony to Lucy. Yeah,
1: uh, Lucy has been a dear friend for over twenty years now. Um, I, I think we met either in late nineteen ninety nine. Or early 2000, um, I was playing with a friend of mine named Andrew Black, who's a fantastic mm. blues singer. Yeah. Um, also a guitarist, right? Yeah, and yeah. a fantastic guitar player as yeah. well. I was fresh out of college, so yeah. I had hot hands. Yeah. And uh, I was looking to make my, make my way. Yeah. Um, so I was uh, willing to throw down and, and, and do the business. Yeah. Um, and she happened to come out to one of our gigs and uh, she said some very kind things about my guitar playing, which. If she definitely has uh, a good taste in in guitar players for sure, yeah. Um, and some things I won't even repeat because they're a little too humbling, and I don't. <laughs> I I appreciate them, um, yeah. and I can't say them. You can ask Lucy about those yeah. things. Um, but in, in any case, she's been a wonderful supporter of like so many. Incredibly talented musicians here in Georgia that are dear friends of mine that I've yeah. both had the opportunity to work with and just be fans of in in this extended musical family here in Atlanta. Um, and after a few years of just working around the scene, of course we're all just supporting each other. And and I got an opportunity to audition for uh, Chris Jericho band's Chris Jericho's band Fozzy. Yeah. Um, and got that gig. And one of the cool things about Fozzy beyond you know, it, it's Chris Jericho's band and he's a very famous guy. And yeah. that allowed us to do a lot of television and, um, I get, get to be in a video on MTV when MTV was still playing music videos yeah. and stuff like that. Um, we did a lot of international touring in, in my tenure with the band. Yeah. Um, and a lot in the UK and after, which is where Lucy's from, which is where that is exactly where Lucy's from. Yeah. Um, and after a few, uh, club tours around the UK, um, we had gotten the Fozzie touring name up pretty good to we were playing bigger and bigger venues. Um and one particular tour, there was a club in London called the Astoria, which is a very famous mm. um venue. As a matter of fact, that that is the venue, I forget what it was called. That's the venue that Frank Zappa was knocked off of a stage where oh he broke gosh. his leg and yeah. that's that's how he had heard his voice box. Yeah. That was it was the Astoria. at that venue. That oh was the Astoria. Oh my gosh, What's, what history there? Um so for me it was like uh, yeah, a tremendous thing to be there, but because Zappa is
0: a a, a guitarist extraordinary was was okay, and, and composer
1: yeah. extraordinary and not
0: like, not necessarily appreciated as much uh, I think as he should have should
1: be should have been and should, should be, be yeah. yeah like people should absolutely study yeah. Frank Zappa yeah, and for sure and kudos to his son Dweezil who's been carrying on Frank's music by doing the Zappa play Zappa tours and and like he has done a forensic. Uh, job of learning so much about his dad's music and being able to play it, which is as any guitar player will tell you, it's no daisy when you really start to look at it. Frank yeah. had a unique vocabulary unto his own, and it's it's quirky and it's full of personality and idiosyncrasies. Um, so, yeah, kudos to Dweezil, who like grew up like most of us rock kids who are like, yeah. I love Eddie Van Halen, yeah, right. you know. Which it's, looking ho- past his dad. You yeah, know. It, it's impossible to play like Eddie Van Halen too. But then, like you look at you know, what it takes to play at least the kind of music like Eddie played and then the kind of music that Frank played. Yeah. Like... You had to, it, it's funny to hear Dweezil talk about it. It's like, he, he literally puts it as, you have to know some stuff to be able to play my dad's music.
0: <laughs> so you aspiring dreary. guitarists out there, you just got some words of wisdom from Mike Mark.
1: <laughs> Via Tweezel's <So>, app. Yeah, um, <laughs> but it all is intertwined. So you're at the Astoria. At the Astoria, Astoria. and And like I had known, because Lucy and I had worked it out, but since Lucy has roots in London, she yeah. actually went home for a vacation, got to see me play at the Astoria, which is just crazy cool that Lucy not only Piller, you
0: are unbelievable yeah. how do you stay humble <laughs> that is unbelievable yeah she
1: really is one of the one of the the treasures of of friends in in this life i'm, I'm very blessed
0: yeah and and ride the vibe uh, is is blessed because she has introduced us to some very very special people and local musicians and through the connection with um, you know local music right We've been introduced to Jason Becknell. And Jason is the founder of Radio Tucker out of Tucker, Georgia. But at their tagline is locally programmed, globally listened to. And he primarily fe- features homegrown Georgia artists. So, uh, want to you know, definitely have Mike Martin reach out to Jason. And get on Radio Tucker, and Radio Tucker has been gracious enough to rebroadcast Ride the Vibe shows in the Tuesday nine to ten time slot. So we're uh, we're really blessed that uh, you know all uh, high water floats all all uh, local musicians all boats, if you will, and and can't uh, thank Cathead Distilleries enough for supporting music as well. So you touched on Fozzy, yes. Talk a little bit about Fozzy in advance of playing uh, a. A, a seminal work, if you will, Wormwood, um, which we're going to play more than two minutes of because it's a it's an epic song.
1: <laughs> um, if Fozzie was a great opportunity, um, I had been aware of Fozzie for a bit because I was a fan of Stuck Mojo and Fozzie was really the brainchild of Rich Ward, the the guitar player for Stuck Mojo and yeah. Chris Jericho, and like they had a a pretty funny past, you know, where the, the whole germination of the idea of Fozzie, just kind of started out as a fun thing to do when yeah. everybody was home to be able to just go out and play a cover gig, you know, basically. And and like it, their history is pretty lauded on all that stuff. Yeah. Um, but because it was rich and that was pretty much at the height of Stuck Mojo's uh uh, popularity, as well as Chris being a very popular wrestler with the WWE. Mm. Um, it got attention and it immediately got them offered a record deal with Metal Blade Records, I think it was. Wow. Um, which is kind of crazy when yeah. you think about it. It's just like, hey, let's get together and do a thing. And like immediately getting offered a record deal for like, you know, we were going to do covers, right? <laughs> um, so they ended up doing um, two records that were... I think the first record was mostly covers with one or two originals and the next record maybe closer to half and half. Yeah. Um, and then at the point that I came into the band, um, Ryan Malum, who was their lead guitar player, um, I forget specifically why he left, but he had other professional things going on in his yeah. life. Um, and it was clear that while Fozzie hadn't been doing a lot of touring with the other stuff, that they were going to go into doing all original stuff and that they wanted to tour much more aggressively. Yeah. Um, so um, Ryan ended up leaving the band, which opened up the opportunity for me yeah. to audition. Um, which Serendipitous. Was, yeah. I mean, it just, it's, you know. And it worked out at a time when I was looking for work too. Yeah, I very distinctly perfect. remember sitting out on the the front porch of Darwin's with uh, my uh. very good friend, John Schwanke.
0: The the Darwin's on the original 120. one on one twenty. Oh, um, oh, what a what a venue. Uh,
1: and 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 I have to say, you know, God bless Tom Samples, a very dear friend of mine, who recently we just lost to COVID nineteen. Um, mm-hmm. who uh, he was. I, I met him through Darwin's, and uh, just what an incredible friend, uh, and and mentor to me.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, as a matter of fact, on a very personal, nobody knows this because we never talked about this, and Tom was very quiet about all of the things that he did to support local music. Um, two of five probably would not have happened without Tom wow. Um I was running out of money to get that record across the finish line, mm. and he stepped up mm. with uh, another friend of ours um, to help underwrite that. Um, and I am forever in his debt for, for reaching out and, and doing that well, for God me. bless you, Tom. Yeah, thank you. Thank you, Tom. Um, and that's very recent, so that's been...
0: Been yeah. on my heart. Oh, I'm I'm glad, you, I'm glad you shared that on ronda the I mean, And we we're going to tee up Wormwood, and we're we're going to play more than uh, two minutes because it's an epic song. We're going to play about five, and then come back and talk about because that that track, um, you know, was your a big. You were a big contributor to that. Yes, and that was based on the um, the revelations, right? I mean, yes. the, the words written by Chris. And then you did all the composing, the arranging, the engineering, the playing of all the guitars. Just teeing this up so you all can appreciate this uh, when we played. And then conducting the uh, choral arrangement, right? And, and I want to talk about that specifically because there's a family connection in that. Yes. So, Wahid, if we could uh, tee up Warmwood, And this is off of Fozzie's 2010 release, Chasing the Grail. And then we'll be right back. Thank mm-hmm. you. the vibe. That's Wormwood off of Fozzie's 2010 Chasing the Grail release. We only played, we played five minutes only, but uh, we played more of of it than two because it's a a 14 minute epic song. And at the end, there's a brilliant choral choral arrangement that you did. Yeah. Talk about that specifically as it relates to your family. Um, I think that's just such a killer story.
1: Yeah. Like the whole thing is very sort of orchestral in, in the nature of a lot of the stuff. And I knew I kind of wanted this epic uh, epilogue at the end of yeah. of the piece that just seemed like it was great to have a very gothic sounding choir. And of course, yeah. everybody in my family being singers <laughs> and all all church going choir folk. Um, so what I did is I conscripted my family into service <laughs> and I took them to were a church. They re-
0: did they, were they reasonably priced too? They, they worked at, a, at a, I got them at a good rate. Good
1: um, but I took them to, uh, I believe it was St. Michael's in Charleston, South Charles, Carolina, yeah. and basically what I did is I overdubbed my family over and over and over again until it became this giant sounding choir. I Yeah.
0: That is too cool. Yeah,
1: it's, it's really cool because that's probably the highest profile thing that I've ever been involved with as a release. Yeah. Um, and very special to me to not only have done that work, but to, you know, have have my family You're, as a big part of And your Signatron,
0: I mean, composing it, doing all the guitars, I mean, the whole thing, the you know, yes. arranging of it, I mean, that...
1: And produce the thing as well, yeah. yeah. I mean, that's unbelievable.
0: Well, the time is just flying by and a fascinating conversation and I want to, uh, we'd be remiss because you touched on it, Stuck Mojo, and I want to play uh, This Is How We Swing off the Stuck Mojo 2008 release, Southern Born Killers. So if we could play that and then we'll come back and... Uh, can wrap it up with final thoughts and comments The dog. Ride the vibe, Michael Litton, the last DJ, playing what he wants to play. And in this case, playing This Is How We Swing off of Stuck Mojo's 2008 Southern Born Killers album. You know, just in the uh, couple minutes we have left, talk a little bit about Stuck Mojo and any final thoughts and future projects and yeah. anything you want to, Michael.
1: Um, you know, Stuck Mojo was probably one of the coolest things that I've, I've gotten to do other than. Um, I mean, Fozzy was a great opportunity, and, yeah. and we had such a great time doing all the stuff during my tenure with the band as well. Um, I've done some very cool stuff as a soloist, but Stuck Mojo is cool because it was one of the first bands I saw when I moved to Atlanta in 1992. Ah, wow! Straight out of high school, yeah. Um, it, they had a huge following even back then. Um, they they released their first record on Century Media in '95, so it was cool to see them grow, as you know one of the locally grown And then get to become a, a player. Yeah. To, you know, <laughs> and like I knew the guys, you yeah. know, me and Rich, what's funny is me and Rich both were hired by a friend of ours who was the bass player at Stuck Mojo when I was in the band. Yeah. Um, who was a manager of a landscaping company. And he was sort of like, all the wayward musicians who needed a day job. We're doing landscaping. (laughs) We're doing landscaping with Sean. It's a good gig. (laughs) Um, Yeah, you know, the only thing that stunk about it was you had late rehearsals and late gigs, and then you had to be up at like five o'clock in the morning to start cutting grass because it's Georgia, you know. Um, That's funny. But it's so cool to get to do that and um, just be a part of that history. And one of the coolest gigs I got to do was we did a support tour with Volbeat Mm. all across Europe after they had just done main support. Uh, with Metallica. So their numbers were exploding.
0: Um,
1: Really, really great guys. And just what a a forever cherished memory of a tour. I love that.
0: Well, it's such a blessing. Lucy Piller, thank you so much. Jason Becknell with Radio Tucker. Please strongly consider playing uh, some Mike uh, Martin stuff and Fozzie stuff, and Stuck Mojo. You can get three for one. Yes. And then uh, Cat Distilleries, thank you guys so much for, uh, hope this won't be a one-off. We'd love to have you back on the show if, if that works out. And then just parting thoughts or comments and and anything you oh, want
1: Yeah, just thanks so much for having me on. You know, like COVID-19 has obviously been a pain for everybody. Like yeah. I had taken a few years off. I had the record drive that I had started working on in 2016. Because of some depression, I kind of realized that it was taking a dark um, over o- overly sentimental thing that was not in a good headspace for me. Yeah. So I, I had put it down for a couple of years to just kind of get right with myself on that stuff. Yeah. And it was just a year ago when I decided to pick it back up and I did a show opening for Tony <laughs> McAlpine here in <laughs> and Atlanta. And the universe went, ha ha, Mike. <laughs> and, yeah, and that was literally one year ago and then the world has been shut down and and I was immediately going to just go to work in my home studio on on the record but I kind of realized that I was also being motivated by fear, which is not something yeah, that not I wanted a good to do. Thing, right. But I feel like I'm in a good place now. Good. Um, so uh, I'll, I'll be releasing some singles that are not related to the drive album, yeah. and then I'm, I'm debating on whether I still do "Drive" as the full 20 yeah. <laughs> pieces, two and a half hours, or whatever, however yeah. long it is. Um, or if I just break that up into maybe a series of EPs, EPs that's a little more yeah. digestible. Um, but I'm going to do all of that through a new website. Um, Beautiful. and mikemartin.net has been my website forever, yeah. but I've also curated, um, mike2of5martin.com as it. you've noticed that there are lots of Mike Martins yes, out there. Yes. <laughs> so I'm trying to put the two of five in the middle of all of my social media. So if you follow me on Instagram, yeah. Facebook, YouTube, it's mike2of5martin yep. and mike2of5martin.com will be another, uh, domain that you could plug in, go to the same website, Perfect. but it's a website that is, uh, it's going to involve a lot more video stuff, blog content, Uh, I'll be able to stream my own music from there, sell my own music through their merch and stuff through there all in one place. It's, it's, it's in development through a Dweezil's app. I love it. So the connection back in. Yeah. And what's great about it is like, I'm basically just paying for bandwidth there once it's up. Like every, if you want to support independent artists like me, um, through the RewardMusic.com website, which is where it'll be parked. Yeah. I will get 100% of every sale through my website. I just pay them for my bandwidth. Yeah. So, it's, it. it's a fantastic deal. So, hopefully, you can come find me there. But until then, find me on social media.
0: Perfect. And when and you have an open invitation when you have uh, new stuff you want to talk about and, and uh, come back on Ride the Vibe. Fantastic. We'd love Thank it. you. We are out of here. Michael Litton, the last DJ, host of Ride the Vibe with Mike Martin, Cathead Distilleries, Radio Tucker, Lucy Pillar, all y'all's people.
4: We're out of here. Better get her done, son, because hasn't gotten round to yet well maybe you'll feel a little empathy play this on his fm show better late than never is my thanks to ever plays my song on the radio better late than never is my thanks to ever plays my song